The homilies or sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at St. Edward Catholic Church in Ashland, Ohio, a parish of the Diocese of Cleveland. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the Gospel of the Day. All these homilies are the same in content as those preached. They have been recreated to improve the sound quality of the podcast. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, in today's readings, we have something we can all identify with. Because we have all bought bread, right? I mean, even in this day of gluten-free and low-carb, I think most of us still occasionally deal with bread, or at least have in our our not-too-distant past. And in dealing with bread... There are bread rules that we all learn to follow. You know, buy it fresh, keep it wrapped or in an airtight container, keep it dry, don't let the bugs get at it, and use it up before it gets moldy or stale. In the case of the Israelites in the first reading, God had some rules for them as well. They are not included in the first reading, but when God says that he will test them to see if they follow his instructions, that is what he is referring to. The rules are pretty simple. He told them, don't gather more than you can use. Don't keep any for the next day, except for on the day before the Sabbath, in which you are to gather twice as much, for it will not fall or appear on the Sabbath. Because God did not want them working on the Sabbath. But even though God responded to their ungrateful grumbling, (laughs) I mean really, through Moses, God had just freed them from hundreds of years in slavery in Egypt, and wiped out the Egyptian army that was pursuing them in the Red Sea. But now they turn on Moses, saying, We wish we had died well-fed in Egypt, but you had to lead us into the desert to die of famine. But in spite of this ingratitude, God responded with meat and bread. And not just plain bread, but manna, described in Exodus 16.31 is tasting like wafers made with honey. When I hear this description, 
It sounds like something I would give a beloved grandchild. A simple sign of God's love for us, his father. But I digress. Even though God responded to their grumbling, the manna experience didn't change the Israelites. It says that in spite of the rules and the miracle, some gathered too much and kept it overnight, and it got worms and stank, and that some went out and looked for it on the Sabbath, even though God told them not to do so. Of course, they found none. So the miracle of God providing for them with bread that did perish, beyond satisfying their immediate hunger, did not in fact change their behavior in a significant way. That is why Jesus tells the people who are asking him for a sign, even though he had just fed thousands with a few loaves and fish, he tells them to not work for bread that perishes, but for bread that gives eternal life. In other words, do not say, let me die by my flesh pot full of bread, but rather show us the way to eternal life. And who better to speak these same words to us today than Jesus, who conquered death by his own passion, death, and resurrection, and by doing so, restored us to our relationship as sons and daughters of God the Father. But in overcoming death, Jesus did not just remove the separation that our sin had caused, because he also created an environment in which we could flourish in that restored relationship with God and would never again have to fear death, would never have to fear an end to this life, secure in the knowledge that this life was not all that there was, but just the gateway to eternal life in heaven with God. Jesus conquered death, removed it as something to be feared, completely took away its ramifications, its consequences, if we live the life he calls us to. But he did not do it only to leave us in the same human flesh that had failed us through history. That same flesh that had left his father to worship other gods. That same flesh that had doubted in the desert, that rebelled against Moses, that basically had failed for thousands of years. He did not leave us to continue to struggle and fail. Now, once he restored us to relationship, he then gave us the means to maintain that relationship. Every one of us. We don't have to be anything special. We don't have to do anything wild and exorbitant. We just have to believe. We just have to accept what he tells us. Believe in the one the Father sent that he is the bread of life, that he is the means to the relationship with the Father, that our sins are forgiven. All we have to do is sincerely repent. And not just once, but every time we sin, because his mercy is inexhaustible. And that's a good thing, because frankly, our potential to sin is inexhaustible. But God knows that. He did not create us to be perfect. He created us to be ongoingly repentant. Hopefully not of the same sins. But as we grow in faith and draw closer to the Lord, our sins will become less serious and less frequent. 
while our awareness of sin and our desire to repent and avoid sin becomes more acute and fervent. In addition, he gives us the Holy Spirit and this Eucharist, this sacramental life, so that we are no longer dependent on our own weak flesh, but now can be dependent upon his divine flesh, his strength, his power, his nurture, his spirit, to take us and transform us from weak, struggling humans into human beings infused and empowered by the Spirit of God and nourished by his body and his blood. The ability to change the way we act, the way we live, the focus of our lives, if we choose to. Jesus is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to a world that is dead because it is separated from God. In the reading from Exodus, God rains down bread from heaven so that you may know that I, the Lord, am your God. God gave their ancestors a sign, and so they asked Jesus, what sign will you give us? Sometimes I put myself in the position of an inquisitive 10-year-old sitting here in the pew asking, well, why doesn't he give us a sign? Why doesn't he give me a sign? I'd like a sign. He did. It's right there. Here is the sign. Jesus gave us his body and his blood on the cross and in the Eucharist. When we talk about the sign of the cross, it is more than the sign as in the sign we make with our hand. Every time we make the sign of the cross, we are reminded that the cross is a sign. The sign that Jesus gave that we should know how much God loves us. The sign that God the Father gave us for all eternity. The sacrifice of his Son. The sacrifice of Jesus who willingly crawled upon the cross to receive the nails. To die on the cross to atone for our sins and then to be raised from the dead. We have commemorated that sacrifice, that sign at each Eucharist for 2,000 years. Billions of Catholics through history have continually celebrated that life-giving act. In providing for their bodily hunger, God gave the manna to Israel for 40 years in the desert, but it stopped when they entered the Promised Land. In providing for our spiritual hunger, in giving us the Eucharist, Jesus went even further because he didn't give it to us for just 40 years or for some limited time. He gave us the ability through the sacramental life of his church and his priests to represent his salvific act at each Mass. This bread is simply bread and this wine is simply wine. It meets standards for matter to be used in our sacramental offering. But it is simply just bread and wine. What is going to take place on this altar is going to transform bread just like this and wine just like this into the body and blood, the full presence of Jesus Christ. The way this bread and wine is changed, miraculously and substantially transformed, is the same way that we are to be changed. 
our new self that Paul wrote to the Ephesians is supposed to be substantially different from our old selves. The same power that changes this bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus is at work in us as we put away our old selves and are renewed in the Spirit, created in God's way in righteousness and holiness of truth. Our leap from unengaged, uninvolved, unconnected, to fully connected, fully alive, fully repentant, fully forgiven, fully anointed, and fully filled with the Spirit is meant to be like that. A substantial, significant, awesome change. Our experiences of God, if we are fully actualizing the opportunities we have been given by our baptized, ongoing sacramental life in the church, are meant to be life-changing. Our efforts to experience God should result in a greater desire to give ourselves more fully to Christ, a greater desire to be more fully converted, a greater desire to worship and pray, and improve in the ways we love one another. In a short while, we will have the opportunity to receive this bread and wine transformed into the body and blood of Jesus. But before we do, we will repeat the words of Jesus in the prayer that he himself taught us to pray. Today, when we say the words, give us this day our daily bread, let us say these words with a greater appreciation for what we are asking for. Let us ask our Father with a full open-hearted desire to give us Jesus in the fullness of the bread of life that he is, in his divine person, in our relationship with him, and in his Eucharist. Not only for today, but beginning today, for every day of our lives. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.